Hi, Pastor Stephen and Tiffany here, and we just want to say thank you and welcome to Heart for the House. We believe that generosity is our privilege here at Coastal Family Church, and we just want to say thank you so much for believing in our building and what God has blessed us with. And I know Pastor Stephen has his verse that he wants to share with you. Absolutely, Pastor Tiffany. You know, I was reading in the scriptures the other day in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and you can see in that account where Solomon took over the responsibility of building the temple, completing the responsibility given to his father, David. And you know, he came to the completion of that and he started to pray and talk to God. Okay, what's the next step here? And it's interesting how God responded back to him and said, you know what, my heart is in the house that you've built and I'm resting on that house. I hear the prayers that you have. And when I hear the word heart, here's what I hear. I hear value. And Pastor Tiffany and I and all the members at Coastal Family Church, that's what we believe about Coastal Family Church. That we've got the heart of God, God's got our heart. There's value in this place so much that here in the coming future, uh, there may be projects that we come in contact with at Coastal Family Church to continue to further the kingdom and maybe the building of the church. And whatever those projects may be, we all have an opportunity to uh, maybe do the same thing God did for the uh, house that uh, Solomon completed. And that is invest our heart into the steps and the visions that God has for Coastal Family Church. So we invite you to be a part of that. Uh, Pastor you. Tiffany, you know, in the coming future, we're probably going to list on our website and, and different places of social media opportunities that all of you or anybody could be a part of with Coastal Family Church. Because we do believe, as yes. Pastor Tiffany said, yes. that generosity is yes. our privilege. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I just want to say is um, every week we have an opportunity here at Coastal um, to give and we just want to say take a moment and just say thank you you are one of the most generous churches and one of the things I know here about Coastal is that we don't have to give we get to give and um, I don't know how many of you might be new or maybe you're online and you're watching for the first time or it's been a while but uh, we rented this particular building for close to 10 years, I think. Am I right, Stephen, about that? Close to 10 years. And then um, two years ago, we had the privilege of buying this building, uh, which was a wonderful thing. Um, so we all own it together. And then, this is something else that's cool, a couple, um, well, last year, uh, I don't know how many of you remember, but we did a Heart for the House offering. And in that Heart for the House offering, we were able, um, with what you gave, um, we were able to make a $30,000 principal payment on this building. Um, so that's super cool. And then here's something else that you might not know, but um, in August, uh, I think it, maybe it was before August, we were able to refinance for a lower fixed interest rate. And then we put another 70000 on principal. Um, so, so this is the building that you own. And the reason I'm just taking the time to share that a little bit um, is because over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be teaching Heart for the House, and we're going to break it down into a couple different houses. And Pastor Stephen's going to have an opportunity um, in one of the weeks to just share with you a couple things about this house. Um, our team has put together on our website and on our app um, a couple areas. So we have a couple of immediate needs that are not in our general budget. We have a general working budget. But there's a couple other things, um, some areas. Um, I know we have an electrical panel and we want to replace some doors and some things that we want to go ahead and help maintain this house and, and just keep it awesome. Don't you believe in it? How many of you do a small group in this house? 
Yeah, there's a bunch of us. And so we, we love it, and we just want to take good care of it. We don't, um, I'm going to take something back that I just said. We don't love this building. We love what happens in this building. It's just a building, but it is our responsibility. And so we are not coming to you ever begging you. We're not going to give you some sad story. We're never going to close the doors unless... God tells us to, but he won't, you know, because he's all about building his church. But we're never going to come to you and send you a sob story, say that we're falling apart. We're just going to give you opportunities, and you'll see some stages on our website and app of projects that we want to work on and how much we need to do them, how much we paid off, and then we'll keep doing it. But amen. So thank you so much um, for, for letting me share that with you. Um, let me see where I'm at. Just give me one second. I was a little discombobulated coming out, and so I was just trying to get into worship. And I'll put these glasses on real quick. Um, as we start this series on Heart for the House, um, we're going to share with you, like I said, a couple different places for Heart for the House. And the first place we're going to deal with Heart for the House is our own house, meaning your physical body. And then um, we're going to have the privilege next week of dealing with your homes. And then ultimately we're going to share about this house. But I want to share with you a video. Um, actually, uh, Nanny Sarah sent it to me yesterday. A video, because let's go ahead and decide if we're going to talk about Heart for the House. Let's first talk about our heart. And what, what does that look like? What does our heart look like? So um, go ahead. This is from the Bible. Anybody know about the Bible Project, guys? Um, they're super smart. Uh, and they put a, um, a bunch of teaching material out and a bunch of videos out. And so we're going to show you one of their videos on the heart. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're going to look at the fourth key word in this prayer, heart, which in Hebrew is sometimes pronounced levav, or more often in a shorter form, lev. Now, different cultures throughout history have had different conceptions of how the human body works, and this is also true of the ancient Israelite writers of the Bible. They knew that the heart was an organ in the chest that sustains life. There's mention of a heart attack in the Bible, Naval, whose heart died inside of him and he became like stone. But the biblical authors talk about the heart in many other ways that might seem strange to modern readers, and that's because these Israelites had no concept of the brain or any word for it. They imagined that all of a human's intellectual activity takes place in the heart. For example, you know with your heart in the Bible. Your heart is where you understand and make connections. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom dwells in the heart. And your heart is what you use to discern between truth and error, like Solomon did when he was king. So the heart is where you think and make sense of the world, and it's where you do more. In the Bible, the heart is where you feel emotions. You feel pain in your heart, like Hannah did when she couldn't have any children. In fact, the phrase, a broken heart, comes from ancient biblical Hebrew. You also experience fear in your heart. Your heart can melt or be distressed. Your heart can even be depressed. But then on the flip side, your heart is where you experience joy. In Hebrew, to be happy is to be good of heart or to have a heart of joy. 
So the heart is the generator of physical life. It's also the center of your intellectual and emotional life, and there's more. In biblical Hebrew, the heart is where you make choices motivated by your desires. So David had it in his heart to build a temple for God. Your heart is where your affections are centered. They're called the desires of your heart. And if you really want something and go after it, it's like what Nathan said to David, whatever's in your heart, go and do it. So then, in the Bible, the heart is the center of all parts of human existence, as in the well-known proverb, guard your heart because from it flows your whole life. Now the prophet Jeremiah believed that the human heart was fundamentally broken. He said, the heart of a human is deceitful above all, irreversibly sick, who can even understand it? He had watched a whole generation turn away from God. They started sacrificing their children as if that were a good thing. So this is why in the imagination of the Hebrew prophets, the only hope for humanity is the total renewal of the human heart. Moses predicted that if Israel was ever going to love their God, their heart would need to be circumcised, which is a very vivid and surprising metaphor about removing evil and stubbornness from the human heart. David, after he committed murder and adultery, pleads with God to create in me a pure heart. The prophet Ezekiel hoped for a day when God would remove the heart of stone and give his people a new heart of soft flesh, which is very similar to Jeremiah's hope that God would write the commands of the Torah on the hearts of his people. And that brings us all the way back to the Shema. Every day, God's people are called to devote to God their whole body and mind, their feelings and their desires, their future and their failures. This is what it means to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. It this way, this is what I wrote down. We could say it this way. Our choices are made by our thoughts and emotions or our thoughts and emotions steer our choices. I want to take you to, um, kind of remind me of a scripture in Proverbs. It says, for as a man thinketh, what? So is he. So is he in his heart. Actually, in the amplified version, it says, for as a man thinketh, so is his behavior. So what we know is that how we think would affect our emotions and our emotions would steer our choices and our choices would steer our heart. Uh, so today we're going to take the first part of this series, Heart for the House, and we're going to talk about this house, um, your physical body. All of you have one. Tap your neighbor if you want to or just touch your own shoulder and realize that you can feel that, which means that you have a body. Now here's what we know if you've hung out with us at Coastal any short period of time, um, that we are a three-part being, right? Um, we have a spirit. That's the part of us that's born again. That's the part of us that we, we say this, we're one-third God, right? Um, One-third of us um, is a born-again person. The other part is our soul, right? We have a soul, and our soul is our mind, will, and emotions, um, and that's the part that we, that we renew. Then we know that we live in a what? We live in a body. So we are a three-part being. I want to take you, if you will, with me. Um, these probably are in your notes, but if you have your Bible, go ahead and grab that. Um, and then turn with me, if you will, to Romans. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read this out of the NLT. And, um, and I might stop a couple times and have you say a word with me, if you're okay with that. Here we go, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your 
bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And don't copy the world, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let, I'm sorry, but let God transform you into a new what? Person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Isn't it interesting that the way we treat our bodies is directly affected by the way we think? Because we could almost read that verse, not, uh, we could almost read it backwards. So you could almost say, um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can treat your bodies the way they need to be treated, which is a holy and acceptable service, which would be, make God holy and pleasing, which would make you holy and pleasing to God. So what, what I know that these verses say is that the more my mind, my thoughts are transformed about the way I think about my body, the more I'll make choices that are pleasing to God with my body, right? So... Uh, I wrote this down. Um, sometimes if we're not careful, we can have the wrong attitudes about our body. We can neglect it, we can reject it, and we can try to perfect it. Anybody ever tried to do that? Well, here's something. Sometimes when we can't perfect it, we will reject it, and then because we reject it, we neglect it. So we don't want to do any of those. We don't want to neglect it. We don't want to reject it, and actually, we don't want you to perfect it either. What we want you to do, we want you to respect it and protect it. We're going to respect and protect our bodies, because what I know about this is that God actually gave us these bodies, and he wants us to protect them and respect them. Now, I also, as I was meditating on this and thinking about this, what is the form that Jesus Christ came to earth in? A what? In a body. He, so there is something that he must value because Jesus came to earth in flesh and blood in a body so that he could know us and understand us and go through everything that we experience. He came and put on flesh and blood and came from heaven and came in the form of a body. What, what I also think is um, something that we can kind of wrestle around with in our own minds is this is that Jesus said this about himself, I do nothing than what the Father tells me to do. With his what? Body. Now, I'll, I'll, um, there's a reference if you want to go read it. I'm not going to go there in John 5. But he says this, I do, I do nothing and say nothing apart from the Father. That, now, he was talking about his physical body. So we might say to ourselves, do I do anything and say anything apart from the Father. Do I do anything or say anything? Because when Jesus was on earth and our heart or our desire is to be like him, so we might would ask our own self the question or make the statement, or could we make the statement, I do nothing or say anything apart from what the Father tells me to do. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take with you, I'm going to take you to a couple verses of scripture. Now, I'm, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians, if you will, chapter 6. Now, these portions of scripture that I'm about to read you have to deal primarily with sexual sins. But I want you to see something about our bodies um, that Paul begins to talk to us about. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 
and we're going to go to verse 12. We're going to read verse 12 through 15, then I'm going to skip down for time's sake. You can read it all yourself and read verses 19 and 20. And this is out of the NLT as well. I, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. Amen. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about your <clears throat> The Lord cares about your bodies. Verse 14. And God will raise us up from the dead by his power, just as he's raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of what? Now, I've been studying this for just a little bit of time now, and I have parked myself on this, and I keep reading it. You know, because some things, some things I think we read over, and we read them, and we understand them, but we don't let them actually settle in our hearts. And as a, don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Skip down to verse 19. Here we go again. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to your you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Uh, I have the privilege of being in a, um, a small group here at Coastal. It's a running small group. And so um, a couple weeks ago, it's been several weeks, uh, we were coming back from our run and we usually, we pray before our run, and then we typically pray after our run. And so um, Marcos, which I think is not, and he's serving in elementary. Um, so Marcos did our prayer. And he began to pray, and he prayed these words. He said, um, I pray that we, I pray that we honor over tolerate our bodies. In the moment he said that, now I'm not being overly spiritual, but the moment he said that, something inside of me went. And so he got done praying, and I was like, can you say that again? And he said, well, we should honor over tolerate our bodies. And so since he said that, our group, every single week, when we get ready to take a run, we talk about honoring over tolerating our bodies. But it's such a very interesting statement. Now, I have to give Marcos credit because um, there's something that he wants to do with that statement, and so he doesn't want anyone to steal it, so don't steal it. Um, um, <laughs> um, and if you, if you want to say it, then just give him credit for it or give God credit and then give Marcos credit. Um, but, he, but in this verse, in this verse at the very end, it says, For God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. So we don't want to just tolerate this body. We want to make sure we honor it. Now, um, I'm going to give you just three things, three ways that we, can, that we can tolerate or that we can go beyond tolerating, that we can honor our bodies. Three ways that we can actually respect and protect our bodies. Uh, now, the very first one, if you're taking notes and you want to write it down, is 
going to be pretty basic. Don't overeat. Now, food is a very sensitive subject. It's a very sensitive subject, especially for Christians, because it's the only thing that we get to do. (laughs) That we don't, that, I mean, every church fellowship is around what? Food. I'll come if you have food. And, uh, and so I, I want to share this. These, these three things that I'm going to go over with you, this is not a work of the flesh. These are all works of the spirit. And, and if we're not careful, we'll turn them into works of the flesh when they should just be works of the spirit. And when you have a work of the spirit going on on the inside of you, you can't put that on anyone else because it's the work of the Holy Spirit within you. So we need to be very careful that we don't put our convictions because our convictions are a work of the spirit and we don't turn our convictions into condemnation for other people. Because the word of God says there is therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Yet there is conviction, but conviction doesn't come from others. It comes from the spirit of God. And everybody said, amen. But there is some basic truths that would be helpful. Now, if you want to, I do not have time sake, but I will let you know that there are 21, um, even more, 21 verses on gluttony in the Bible. 21 verses on gluttony. And I want to let you know this about it. I I would say um, 95% of those 21 verses have alcohol mixed with gluttony. So it would seem to me that, that drinking and food and the overuse of it are paired up, and, the, and God has something to say about it. And what's interesting, um, and, and I, w- I, I would say this, I, to me, food is a celebration, right? I, like, uh, I'm looking over, I just glanced over at Miss Denise Johnson. Now, she is a fabulous cook. She is a, and, and so, and I know even for me that when my kids come over, I want to make food that pleases them. Even when we celebrate and do our Sabbaths, we want to celebrate and actually feast together. In the church of Acts, um, they all ate together and broke bread together. So here's the thing. Food is not the problem, right? It's the overeating of the food that's the problem. (laughs) The celebration of breaking bread and making food that makes people happy and to celebrate people's company, it's what happens at the table that we're happy about. It's not the food itself that we're happy about. We're happy to celebrate the people that come to our table so we make things that make them happy. But it is the overeating. And so what's interesting is is we have to begin to discipline ourselves by the Spirit of God to say, because here's the thing. What gluttony would mean is that when I'm full, I'm done. Instead of when I'm full, I'm not done. How many have ever overate? How many think it's miserable? How many, when you, we get done and we go, I'm, I feel sick. So what, ended up, what started off as a happy thing ended up being a distressing thing. So I, I, I want um, Hannah, I don't know if she came up with this by herself or her and Tina came up with it or whatever, but they used to always say this thing, and um, I do try to, try to um, say it often to myself. And, and I, I will be honest with you, weight, um, weight is an ongoing topic within my brain. It's something that I, I really talk to the Holy Spirit about constantly because to me I um, even on a work days this is the kind of stuff I say to myself okay I've had a lot going on I'm gonna go over and get a cookie and have a cup of coffee 
Because to me, a cookie and coffee tells me that I'm relaxing. It's, I reward myself with cookies and coffee. And so we have to be even careful what we reward our flesh with. Not that you can't have cookies and coffee, and I probably still will have cookies and coffee every day about 4 o'clock. But if I have four cookies and coffees, we got problems. So one of the things, she just walked in, you guys cannot say hi, Hannah. Um, um, one of the things that Hannah always says is she always makes this comment. She says, taste it and waste it. Taste it and waste it. You might want to wonder why she stays so skinny. It's not because she doesn't eat. She eats anything she wants. She just takes like three bites of it, and then she throws it away, which is a really great thing. I like to taste it and waste it. She always said, if you want to keep your waste, then just go ahead and waste it. So, whatever. Um, all I'm saying, oh, whoops, I lost my nose. All I'm saying is, is that, here's the deal. We need to enjoy food. Food is for, we don't live for food. We, we have to eat to live. We don't live to eat. Okay? So let's keep it in balance. Um, I want to read you this one scripture. And if you want to go to all the gluttony ones, there's a couple really funny ones. Um, but this one in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19 out of the ESV, it says this. It says, for many of whom have often told you, and I'm sorry, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now check out verse 19. Their end is destructions. Their God is their, oh, did it come up? I'm sorry. Their God is, the, the verse says, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Their God is their belly, and their mind is set on earthly things. So number one way we're going to honor our body is, is say, I'm not going to overeat. Look at your neighbor and say, don't do it. Don't do it. Ask the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put a disclaimer on some, something. There have been some churches and some people that have really gotten off with this, and they've gotten very squirrely on this one part of it. And they've made churches starve. They've done some really weird things. I actually saw a documentary once on it where a lady was very obsessed and weird about this. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you asking the Holy Spirit to help you with strength and remind you, hey, I've had enough. I'm going to push back. That's it. Number two, exercise. I'm going to honor my body. Now, again, this is not for your neighbor. This is for you. Oh, just take it down for a second. That's a great picture. Thanks. Um, exercise. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to have you turn with me to one scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 8. Chapter Timothy 4, verse 8 in the ESV. Here we go. For while bodily training is of some, say some, some. So bodily training, Chase, I'm at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. While bodily training is of some, say some, some value, godliness is, value, um, godliness is of value in every way. It holds a promise for the present life and also the life to come. So here's what I want to encourage you with. The Bible doesn't say bodily exercise doesn't profit anything. It says, in one translation, it says it profits little. It's of some value. That means we need to do some of it. 
Now, not everybody's um, exercise regimen looks the same. And you don't need to put your exercise regimen on anybody else. Even this year, I've pulled back. And you know what I started doing in January? I walk by myself every single day, as many miles as I want to walk, as less many miles as I walk. And I just enjoy the presence of the Lord. Some days I run, some days I stroll. And guess what? That exercise... And whether you want to do it with people or not people, again, these are different seasons of your life. You do different things. But bodily exercise does profit some. Say some. Say I should be exercising. You should be. And, and here's why. Because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, you can throw that picture back up. You can throw it up now. Okay. Um, that's our running, our running group. Actually, there's, um, I have a couple pictures. Some of us weren't there that day. Misty wasn't there that day. There's a couple people. But I, I'm sharing this picture because um, yesterday we had to do eight miles. And I know that sounds horrific, doesn't it? <laughs> yesterday we had to do eight miles. And, um, and Carlos uh, is going to hit how many miles this time when you run the half? A hundred? Carlos will have hit 100 miles when he runs the half marathon in November. And so um, Marcos and Jordan have really asked him to run so that he could hit the 100 miles. Um, but Carlos and I aren't as excited about the half marathons as we were in the beginning. <laughs> when we, we've done several of them, and um, when we first started doing them, we were super excited. Um, now we're a little less excited. And, uh, and so one of the things that happened is, is yesterday we showed up to run and he hadn't had a chance to run all week. And so when you have to run all week to kind of come and do eight miles, it feels a little daunting. And um, so we prayed and we got started and we finished the run and um, Carlos sent this text that I asked for permission to share and it says this. He said this, he said, the power of accountability is amazing. I wanted to quit this morning, but because I'm accountable to a group, I went out and got my run done. Doing life with people is so, and he put several O's, so much better than being a loner. Thank you all. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're in the middle of exercise and it feels daunting and it feels overwhelming and you're thinking, I don't know where to begin. There are tons of people. Um, Carson's sitting in this room. Um, raise your hand, Carson. The, uh, people on the screen can't see her. Carson has lost over how many pounds? Over a, how many? hundred. Y'all yeah, should give it up for her. Um, and here's the thing, that doesn't mean that the inside of her changed because she was always as wonderful. What it meant is that something had her instead of her having it. And she's realized now that not just is her spirit man able to conquer those things, is that she's stronger in her physical body than she ever has been. And so, and, and guess what? She started this journey with people like us. And if you need a friend on the journey, you've got friends. So, number one, don't overeat. Number two, exercise. And number three, rest. Rest. Don't you love this one? Everyone said amen. <laughs> rest. I'm going to read you a verse out of Psalms 127, verse 2. It says this out of the New Living Translation. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for, interesting, food to eat, for God gives rest 
to his loved ones. I love this part in um, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 30. Jesus begins to talk to his disciples. I'm going to read out from verses 30 to 32 out of the New Living Translation. It says this, And the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all that they had done and taught. And then verse 31, check out what Jesus says. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to get quiet, to a quiet place and rest for a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Do you ever feel like you don't even have time to eat? Anybody ever like, you, you know, eat in your car? You're like, <laughs> like, you're like, anybody like ever ate so fast that like you choked? You're like, I gotta inhale that. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're like, are you, I mean, I, I'm horrible for this. I'm a stander up eater. Any stander up eaters? I don't know when moms learn this skill. I think we learn it when we're like feeding kids. And so we're like, you know, scrubbing a toilet, feeding a child, feeding ourselves. you know? And so, and so I loved what Jesus said to them. He said, he said, we couldn't, we were so busy. We, we couldn't even eat. And he said, let's go away for a while. Now, I'm not talking about slothfulness because the Catholic Church has seven deadly sins and gluttony is one of them, but so is slothfulness. But rest is different than slothfulness. Rest is going away for a while just to get quiet and sit with Jesus. I love, I never saw this until last night, so I didn't even get to read it to you, but I love this in verse 22. It says, so they left by it's not up there, but it says they left by boat. I love that line. Anybody love to get away by boat? I love to get away by boat. I'm like, I'm going to rest for a while on the boat. I'm like, Jesus went and rested by boat. He must have knew that that's where we could find some rest. I never saw that. I just want to encourage you that you have a physical body that doesn't belong to you. Actually, the word of God says, it says that Christ, it, it's a part of Christ. And however you treat that body, you're treating actually Christ. And so when you overeat or neglect it, or you honestly, there are some things that aren't good for you. Soda, it's not good for you. It doesn't honor God. To, now here's the thing, I'm not talking about once in a while. I'm talking about things that we intake into our body that they're not good for us. And again, that's the Holy Spirit talking, but you don't have to actually Google too far to find out it's not good for you. There are some things that are common sense. And we need to make sure that we're actually taking care of our bodies so that we can do the work of the ministry and do what he's called you to do. If we have a lot of aches and pains, it doesn't make it easy to do ministry. So I just want to encourage you this week, sit down in your quiet time and say, Father God, I give you this physical part of me, this body that you've blessed me with. It's not mine. It belongs to you. And is there any adjustments that you'd like for me to make? Is there any, do you want me to go to bed a little earlier? Do you want me to Stop doing this. Or do you want me to join an exercise program? Do I, do I need a gym or accountability? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you with this body that he gave you. 
And I want to encourage you that as you read the word, the spirit part of you will give strength to the flesh part of you. And it won't be a work of the flesh. It'll be a work of the spirit. Amen. Stand up with me. Now, a little birdie told me there's cupcakes out there. Go ahead and have one. All things in moderation. Amen. Don't take two or three. Just take one. Let's do a favor for me. If you'll just raise one hand up towards heaven. Bryce, you can come. We're getting ready to close this out. Let's say this. Say, Father God, I give back to you what belongs to you. My whole body. I'll pay attention to the unction of the Holy Spirit. Teach me, correct me, give me eyes to see and ears to hear so that I can know the hope of my calling and honor you with my body. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Bryce is going to close us out, I think, right? Thanks, Pastor Tiffany. Yeah, she just put a whole bunch of heat on y'all about what you take in, but we definitely have a whole bunch of snacks out there for y'all to enjoy. So, whoops. If I'd have known, I'd have brought, like, salad in a bag or something for y'all. There's no soda, though. There is water. So, um, I don't know if y'all know or are aware um, we've tried to do some of our best through our email and social media to let you know, but the whole month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month. The specific day is October 9th. And, uh, but today, this morning, we are going to go ahead and bring up Pastor Stephen and Pastor Tiffany and Seth and Roxanne and Nanny. We're going to have them all come up here, and we're just going to pray over them and celebrate them and honor them. And then we do have that little area set up in our foyer for y'all to just be a blessing to our pastors. We've got a board that you can write on. It says, write a thank you. So if you have some thoughtful words or kind words or some things that you wish you could share with them, write it on that wall. Um, yeah, you can write correction on there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just write something on there if you feel led to. And then uh, we have a little area for you to put some cards. And then uh, we have the cupcakes and some pretzels and so forth for you to enjoy and just kind of hang out for a minute. They'll be over there in that area. They're normally at the doors, uh, but they're going to be over there at that area. So you can go over there and talk to them and love on them over there um, before you get out. But if you wouldn't mind just stretching your hand towards this group up here. And I know Hannah's kind of hidden back behind the keys, but just stretching your hands up towards these guys. And we're just going to say a prayer over them with me. So just bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this group of pastors here at our church, Father God, whether it's in the main sanctuary or whether it's with the kids or the youth or leading the team up here for music, Father. And we just thank you for the blessing that you've laid on their lives, Father God, for the direction and the will. Lord, you've pioneered a path for them. And we just come together as a body, Lord, to get in agreement with the will and that path that you've laid down for each one of them as individuals and then them individually coming together for us corporately here at Coastal and what you've called for this church to be and what you called for it to stand for and the will that you've laid out for Coastal. And I just lift each one of these pastors up to you, Lord. We ask for a hedge of protection around them. We ask for wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom. We ask you, Father God, that you would show them what you have for them, Father God, that you would lead them and guide them, that every step they take is ordained, Father God, to walk out the path that you've called for them. 
We thank you that they're strong in their mind and in their spirit, Father God. And we thank you that they're encouraged. We thank you that they're blessed coming in here and they're blessed going out. And we just give you all the glory and all the praise, Father God, over these people up here, Lord. In your mighty, mighty name we pray. Amen. Just go ahead and give them a round of applause and just thank them. Thank you all. So yeah, they'll, they'll just be over there in the foyer in the corner. Y'all are more than welcome to enjoy some of the snacks. Um, I hope y'all caught the announcement video at the beginning. If there's any announcements that you're just wondering about, check out the app, refresh it. All the information's on there as well as our website. Um, or if you follow us on Instagram, our information's on there. Um, and again, you should be getting a weekly email that lets you know what things are going on as far as Coastal. So y'all should be up to date. We love y'all so much. Go out, enjoy talking with the pastors and just enjoy hanging out. We love y'all. Have a blessed day. Hello everyone. Hey, I'm Pastor Stephen. This is Pastor Tiffany. We just want to thank you for joining our online worship experience today. And uh, grateful to have you. We got some information that we want to pass on to you. Maybe you can connect up with us here real soon. Uh, back on another online worship experience. We'd love to connect with you. And if you just take a moment and download our Coastal Family Church app, you're going to find a great card on that section. Just take a moment and submit that and fill that out. We'd love to put a free gift in your hand and also slip a letter in the mail letting you know more about Coastal Family Church and any upcoming events we have. Maybe this is your first time with us. And again, we just want to say thank you. If you call Coastal Family Church your home, we want to let you know that there's a several ways that you can give also on our app or on our website. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Pastor Stephen. Hey, we'll see you soon. You guys have a great day.